I'm so grateful to have beautiful mums. I've got my my mum and my mother-in-law are both amazing women and so loving and kind and they're just such a blessing in my life and I'm very blessed to be a mother of three beautiful children, Eva, Micah and Cooper. I've got a photo of today we went and had a, a picnic lunch and, um, and after lunch they all left me. Yeah, Mother's Day alone. <laughs> you know, photos can look really cool but the, the reality is I had to drive them to birthday parties. Who has a birthday party on Mother's Day? What's with that? I don't know. But they left me and it was just Mitch and I alone at home. And I said, "Uh aha, this is my Mother's Day present, isn't it, Mitch? (laughs) Not really. Just joking, Eva. (laughs) Didn't get that, did you, Talon? I I like memes. Who likes a good meme? Yeah, let's have a look at this meme I saw for Mother's Day. We can, um, that's not the meme. (laughs) Oh, it's a bit stretched, but happy Mother's Day, Mum. And while I have you, quick apologies for ages 13 to 21. That's good? Yes. I know as a teenager, I didn't think my mum had all the goods on the advice. I thought I knew a lot better. And as you get older, you discover mum actually knows something. And I often go to my mum for advice now and even say, sorry, mum, for those times I didn't think you had the right advice for me. But, you know, it's not just teenage years that can be that, the, the ones that are closed to advice. It can be many of us at times that can be closed to advice. And I really felt, you know, at this season we're talking about being open, being open, and I really felt to speak about being open to advice, being open to advice. So I'm just going to pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here in this place. I thank you that you want to speak to us. We thank you that your word is truth, your word is sure, and as we open your word, that you will transform us, Lord, in your mighty name, amen. We can all be close to advice, we can all have times where we think, oh, I don't need help with that, or I don't need instructions, I don't need help, I can work it out for myself, I've got this. You know, what will others think if I need help? And I should be able to do this myself or I really want to do it my own way. Maybe we're happy the way we are and we don't think we need help at all. Proverbs 12:15 says, Fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice. Often I know it's simply pride that can stop us from going for advice where we just want to work it out ourselves. And even if it's not working and we can see the pain of it not working, we, we can be stubborn. I think of um, who likes Ikea flat packs? Who actually looks at instructions with their Ikea flat packs? You know, somebody who's there for like 10 hours trying to get that Ikea flat pack, who refuses to look at the instructions. I don't know if you're feeling that's you out there. I know my husband's very good with flat packs. He's very good at looking at instructions. Very teachable, my husband. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 10 in the, um, in the Passion says, Wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth only to quarrels and strife. There is wisdom in being open to advice. An open heart, open to advice, being teachable. The word teachable means to be capable of being taught. I want to be capable of being instructed, of learning, 
I want to have a heart that's open that says, where can I grow? Where do I have blind spots? Blind spots. I I know blind spots well. It's what caused me to fail my first uh, license exam. (laughs) Blind spots. I didn't check them well enough. Well, I thought I checked them, but obviously I need to be more dramatic checking those blind spots. Proverbs 20:18 says plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. And you might think to yourself, I'm not in the war game. I'm not waging a war. No wars around Penrith. Yes, there is. We are all in a war, in a spiritual war. And we there is a war on our lives, there's a war on our family, on our generation, on our friends, on our work colleagues, and we need to Gain advice if we're going to wage war and see the victory. The MSG version says, form your purpose by asking for counsel, then carry it out using all the help you can get. So who? Who do you get your advice from? Cleo, Cosmo, Dolly, Girlfriend Magazine, Google search, Facebook friends, random strangers in Facebook groups. You know, I remember um, years ago being in an airport and I was, you know, we had time to kill at the airport and I thought, oh, I'll just have a look at the fashion magazines. I like fashion. And so I did something I hadn't done for many, many years. I bought, I don't know what it was, like a Clio or something, something with fashion. And I opened it up. I'm, I'm being really honest here. The pastor's reading Clio, okay? <laughs> I'm, I, I opened it up thinking, I'm just looking for fashion. I'm just looking for fashion. And then there was this article in there that gutted me. And it was giving advice to people on their relationship, on their intimacy in their relationship, and advising them to watch pornography together to spice up their love life. And a psychologist was giving this encouragement to spice up relationships. And I just thought... I can't believe that advice. That is the most unwise thing I've ever heard in my life. If you want to wage war in a relationship, I tell you, introducing deceit and lies and fake images to compare with is not going to bring peace and health to a relationship. Who do you go to your advice from? Is it peers? Is it Google? A lot of people go to Google. What about Dr. Google? Anytime we've got any symptoms, go to Dr. Google. We're all guilty. Come on, fess up. Google. Even sometimes you think, even like theological um, things that questions that we have in our faith, and we can look up the answers, and we can get into different things on websites, and think, oh man, that person's a theological giant. They're awesome. But we don't know how they're treating their wife at home. We don't know that they're how they speak to the waitress. We don't know their character and how they live out their theology. The story of Rehoboam came to mind to me. Solomon's son gets to be king. And adversaries of Solomon, um, there was a faction between the Israelites and Judah, Israel and Judah, and Jeroboam came with the Israelites to appeal to Rehoboam now that he was going to be king. He came to appeal and said to him, look, will you lighten the yoke of your father put on us? And if you do that, we will serve you as King Rehoboam had many advisors ready sitting around him. He had elders with experience and he had peers. He asked the elders, the experienced advisors, for their advice. How would you advise me, he says to them. And they say to him, be kind to these people and please them and they will always be your servants. We read in 2 Chronicles, 
But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He consulted his peers. Now, they weren't young. They were over 40, actually. So it's not actually about age. It's more about experience. His peers said, say to them, my father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. Put the fear in them. Rehoboam lost Jeroboam and those Israelites that day. When they saw the king refused to listen, they said, look after yourselves. And they stayed in rebellion to the king. They continued, there continued to be a divide between Judah and Israel that day and onwards. Proverbs tells us, wisdom opens your heart to receive, get this, wise advice, wise counsel, wise counsel. Wise isn't necessarily an age, is it? It's knowledge and experience and proven, proven character, I'd say. Where do you go to for wise counsel in your singleness? Where do you go to for wise counsel in your singleness? As a new parent, where do you go to for wise counsel? As a parent of a teenager, as a new believer, as a grieving widow, as a newly separated or divorcee, where do we go to for wise counsel? Proverbs 1.8 says this, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Listen to your mama. <laughs> and King Lemuel came to mind. Who's King Lemuel? Well, he's the king of Proverbs 31 and his mama wrote him some advice or told him some advice and he knew this advice so well he was able to quote it. And this is how we get Proverbs 31. His mama told him two things to avoid. And two things to aim for. Two things to avoid and two things to aim for. The words of King Lemuel, the strong advice his mother gave to him, O son of mine, what can you be thinking of, child whom I bore, the son I dedicated to God? Don't dilute your strength on fortune-hunting women, promiscuous women who shipwreck leaders. Leaders can't afford to make fools of themselves, gulping wine and swindling beer, lest hungover, they don't know right from wrong and the people who depend on them are hurt. She advises him to avoid the wrong women. They will shipwreck you. Do I get an amen from anyone in the house? Avoid the wrong women. They will shipwreck you. Who you decide to forge your life together with for the rest of your life is so important. The most important decision other than coming to Christ. Avoid the wrong women and the wrong men, ladies. And then she advises him to avoid the snare of drug, drunkenness. Addiction to alcohol is a particular liability in a ruler responsible for maintaining law and order. And that's what a king did. They were a judge. They were responsible for law and order. Avoid the trap of addiction. Avoid the trap. It's not fitting for somebody who leads and rules. And then she told him the two things to avoid, and that stayed with him. Then she said the two things to aim for. She said, as a king, you need to aim for justice. 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 Leading with justice. Speak up for the people who have no voice, for the rights of all the misfits. Speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and the destitute. She gave him a vision of the type of king he would be, a noble king, a righteous king, somebody who cares about the little man. 
And she gave him more vision, something to aim for, an excellent wife and mother. She painted a beautiful picture of what that woman would be like. The woman she describes seeks the best for her husband. She's industrious and hardworking. She takes care of her household, finds success in a variety of fields. She's generous to the impoverished and teaches with wisdom. Her children and her husband praise her because her excellence surpasses other women. Most importantly, she fears Yahweh. She fears God and should be publicly recognised and praised. King Lemuel got such wise advice from his mother on what to avoid and what to aim for. I know I have learnt so much from my mother over the years. She really taught me not just how to be a good shopper, which I am a good shopper. (laughs) She taught me how to cook, but she taught me how to do relationships well. She showed me how to relate to people and love people. She gave me great advice. In fact, she was the one who gave me advice to marry my husband. Oh, she didn't actually. She said I could. uh, She gave me the advice to go out with him. So I guess that's the first step. Yeah. (laughs) So I wouldn't be married to him. I don't think without her encouragement. So where are we to go for wise counsel? I want to have a look at where the disciples went for their advice. Where did they go for their advice? They went to Jesus. They went to Jesus. You see, even if you don't have wise counsel in your earthly mother or your earthly father, you have wise counsel in Jesus. You have the counsel of the Lord. Luke 11.1, one one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. They had questions and they went to him for advice. How They, They watched him and they saw how he prayed. How do you pray? And he said, this is how I do it. This is how you relate to your heavenly father. Not long later, the disciples uh, were sent out to minister to see, um, go and do what they'd seen and watch Jesus doing and what he had taught them. And they come back and they say, we've had a trouble. We've had trouble with ministering. There's a man with a son who had seizures and, and this son was self-harming. He was throwing himself into water to try and drown himself and he was throwing himself into fire to self-harm. And they tried to, to pray for him and see him healed, but it they couldn't do it, so they come and, and they bring the boy to Jesus. The father brings the boy and Jesus prays for him. He's absolutely healed and the demon goes and he's, it's a great, joyous time. And in Matthew 17, we read after that, Jesus, the, the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him in private, hey, you know, why couldn't we drive it out? What's with that? And they felt comfortable to ask him questions, to go to him, to say, this isn't working in my life. This isn't working in my ministry. This isn't working. How come this isn't working? And how will it work? We can go to Jesus for the answers when things aren't working well. Jesus, why isn't this working? And the reason they could go to him is because they had proximity. They were close to him. They were around him. They spent time with him. And we can spend time with him too. We can open the word, spend time with him. We can ask him specific questions. And I love that our role as a church is that we get to help you as well. We get to help you on your journey of discovering the answers to your questions. And we can help open the words of Jesus for you. 
I'm grateful for the people that have helped me understand and process Jesus's word to my situation over the years. The disciples, they got to ask the questions and they got to hang around him and observe his life. So it wasn't just him saying, okay, boys, get out your notebooks. Now we're going to do lesson 101. This is the next thing I'm going to teach you. But they sat and they watched him and they, they observed how he treated people, who he treated, what he did, who he spoke to, how he spoke to them, how he prayed for people. And they positioned themselves around Jesus. They parked themselves in his life. And I tell you, that's what I know I've needed to do over the years is park myself, position myself in church, position myself in connect group, position myself around wise counsel to pick things up. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I had to learn new ways and and how to do things and relationship and doing life differently as a believer. And I'm so glad I had people around me and I continue to have people around me like Pastor Carol and Pastor Sonia and, and Michelle giving wise counsel or wise advice. And I just think if, like Beck and Asher are people that I admire and I, I look to and it's not an age thing, it's a wisdom thing. It's about positioning yourself around people who can impart into your life and you can glean from and I glean from those girls. One... Um, I love what Michelle said the other night. She said it's about having fridge rights. You know, when you have proximity with somebody and you feel welcome in their lives, it's fridge rights. You know, who who in your life has got fridge rights to come and be with you? And who have you got fridge rights? You can just go and be with them, be around them and in their life and position yourself to glean and to learn and to be imparted to. 1 Thessalonians, uh, 1 Corinthians, we read about the Apostle Paul He says, I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. I love that our church is a place where we can have fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers, aunts and uncles, people in our life that we can go to, that it's not just about somebody teaching us a lesson. It's not somebody on the internet giving us information on the internet, but it's people that we get to see how they do life. We get to see their character day in and day out. We get to see the the long obedience in one direction and we can learn from that and we can glean from that. And we want everyone to experience this, but this kind of relationship isn't formed by just attending church once a fortnight. It's not. It's about discipleship and discipleship is more than just attending a service once a fortnight. It's entering into a relationship where you allow somebody to advise you, to help shape you, to cheer you on, to pray for you, to know your strengths and to know your weaknesses. So I want to ask some questions in closing tonight. You might want to write them down in your, in your phone and just think on them when you go home or through the week. Because it's more than just you know coming to church and having you know hearing a scripture, but it's about applying the word, isn't it? So I want to ask you these questions: How open am I to the wisdom and advice of others? Who are wise people in my life? Who are the spiritual fathers and mothers? What is perhaps preventing me from opening my heart to others? Is the fear? past hurts? Do I have an independent spirit? 
is pride keeping me from being a true disciple? What can I do today to open my heart? Who can I open my life, my home, my fridge to in order to encourage and help them on their journey? I see a church full of disciples, a thousand names in a thousand days, a thousand disciples in a thousand days. We see a church of disciples here. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling us to step up in our openness to advice so that we can become all that God has called us to be, totally committed disciples. Amen. I just love the opportunity to pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for each and every life here, that you've called each one to become totally committed disciples. Lord, I pray for those perhaps that have had fear or hurts, things that have happened in the past that have caused them to have distance from others, from relationship. Lord, I pray that healing would come by the power of your Holy Spirit. Perhaps words that were spoken I cancel those words in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you would give us courage, courage to be vulnerable, courage to extend friendship, extend relationship, to invite people into our world. Lord, I speak restoration in some relationships. Lord, I pray for courage for those who perhaps for the first time will step into a a, a, connect group and take that next step Lord thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen